All right. It has been a minute. So. Hello. Hello. Welcome to. M. P. G. P. Murders. Per. Gallon. Of. Popcorn. I thought we were going to say it at the same time. Popcorn. Popcorn. I'll edit that in. <laughs> Corn pop. Corn pop. Y'all remember when Joe Biden said the most disturbing story of all time about corn pop? If not, you guys should... Corn pop is a man. <laughs> corn pop is a man. You should YouTube um, Joe Biden corn pop. Uh... Corn pop is a man that he was a bad dude. Actually, <laughs> he wasn't a man. He was a bad dude. And he crossed a young Mr. Biden at the pool. And he almost got slashed with some fucking razor blades that were rusted up in the rain barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Uh, Murders for Gala Pop. I'm Haley. I'm Craig. Um, and yeah, we're going to be talking about some spooky movies. <laughs> but first, I guess we should explain where we the fuck we've been for two weeks yeah so um well uh i became famous on triscuits wow that's that's what you remember from the last two um (laughs) it was mother's day really all this stuff happened um craig became famous drinking lone star beer oh yeah i got um re what do you call it I got um, reposted, shared on Lone Star's story. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking famous, bro. But even more impressive is that I got put on in my vegan cheese board Instagram. Triscuits. I tagged. I fucking love Triscuits, y'all. They're my favorite cracker for all of your cheese needs. I've always loved Triscuits. So I always tag them in my posts because I always use Triscuits in my like cheese board posts. And they DM me, um, in one where I look so hot (laughs) and they're like, can we please repost this picture? And I'm like looking at the Triscuits page and it's literally just crackers. Like there's like not really any faces or anything. And I'm like, this seems like a weird choice, but sure. Like I'm wearing like a, you know, little crop top looking Looking snatched for the summer. What does that mean? I think that means looking hot, but... Let's go with that. I don't know. I've heard it on TikTok. Besides being famous and all that fun stuff, we've been preparing a new podcast format because we've we've talked about this before a bunch of times. Basically... Obviously, like, as y'all know, like, when we do our podcast, we basically go through the, well, well, we have our banta section, we have, like, production facts, we go through the plot for, like, the chunk of the episode, and then at the end, we go through the kills, and then give it our rating and all that stuff, and we both kind of felt like... We were focusing too much on, like, telling every detail of the plot in order, all of this stuff, that I think it just sort of became, like, 
okay, well, we're basically retelling the movie. You could watch the movie. Like, our podcast is longer than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just go watch the movie. Um, yeah, I just think that it would be a much more enjoyable experience, especially for us, but maybe also to listen to mm-hmm. if we, it's just us talking about our thoughts on the movie more than us talking, just like retelling the plot. Correct. Because we're going to spoil the fuck out of it either way. So yeah. Um, let's just talk about yeah. the funny shit. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> plus like, needless to say, we record these like usually at 8 p.m. at night and then it's like we record it for like two to three hours and by the end of it, which is like the juicy part, I think, when the fun part about talking about the whole movie now that we've gone over the plot is like hearing our thoughts and shit and we kind of like rush through that. So anyways, we're doing shit different. We still are doing a little plot summary though. Like, and when I say little, I mean like I got it. I got it to a paragraph. I, I, and y'all, I'm very impressed <laughs> so with my, with my, let's summarize here. Friday the 13th in as few words as possible. The series. The series. Yeah, I'm just as a okay. fun exercise because Ooh, I just. I like that. So, all right, how about this? Boy drowned through neglect. <laughs> Mom, mother. Wait, okay. Mom <laughs> seeks revenge. This has to be. Is this coherent? Yeah. Mom seeks revenge. Kills kids who, or wait, kills <laughs> counselors at the site of the murder. Okay, we're at 16. <laughs> <laughs> the whole series, though? I Okay. <laughs> Jason. Wait, okay, wait, okay. If you're going to restart, I want to try. I'm going to try now. Okay. Boy drowns in lake. Mom kills counselors. Then, boy ends up alive. Murders people for... Ever. Ever. (laughs) Forever. Perfect. (laughs) You win. that That was like 15. Now there's some more twists and turns in there. (laughs) like it's literally just okay what if we actually described okay we do like one word to describe each movie so like okay one word yeah so the first like and it doesn't have to like necessarily describe but okay i'll I'll do it right now I'll, i'll do it off the cuff one mommy two bag three d <laughs> Not even a, just a letter. That's good. That's One. good. That's good. <laughs> four. Four. I'm gonna say Tommy. Maybe. Okay. Five. Copycat. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Six. Frankenstein. Okay. Seven. Carrie. Yes. Eight. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Nine. Nine. 
which is the one that this we're, one. The one that we're reviewing today. How about we say Crichton? Crichton. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Tommy is that a word? <laughs> Tommy. Tommy. I don't. You could do Tommy or like um death. All right, now let's hear yours. Are they the same? Okay, like I would say, like mothers first, um, second. Yeah, no names. Let's do that. That's... Oh, that's hard. Okay, because so could, mothers first. Say... Yeah. Um, adult is second because I want to do something different so that like we're facing Jason as an adult in the second one. Third. Three is, um, barn. <laughs> three is a very barn-heavy movie. <laughs> There's lots of shit happens it, in the barn in three. <laughs> I love how, it, depending on who's directing the series, Crystal Lake is either, like, a fucking, like, it's always in New Jersey, but the locations look like, and the people act like country, mm-hmm. or it's, like, Whatever you call, like, someone said Midwestern in yeah. terms of these people. Four twins. <laughs> that dis- that's your summary of part four is twi- <laughs> summarized in one word. I'm trying to do different shit than Here's you. Here's new word associations, Five. I guess. Five. Um. <laughs> Dad. Six, meta. Mm-hmm, that's good. Seven, garbage. <laughs> um, eight, cruise. <laughs> Nine, the best Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> wow. That's not one word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we just start getting into the movie of our... Okay, well, like, should we do our little reveal thing of what movie we're talking about? <laughs> I mean, even though we already kind of did. And I've spoiled it on the Instagram account. <laughs> True. Jason, Jason goes, goes to, to hell, hell the, the final, final Friday. Friday, made in 1993. Also known as, in our world... Friday the 13th, part nine, <laughs> Jason Goes to Hell. The final Friday. <laughs> Three subtitles for that. <laughs> um, this movie, let's get into some production facts. Um, made in 1993, so we've officially reached the 90s for the series. Yeah, um, and it's been, it's the biggest gap in the series so, so far. far, yeah. Because usually it's like one one a year, and this one there was some like a change in production company. Mm-hmm. New Line bought the rights to the character of Jason from Paramount. Yeah, so, so... that probably had the series in limbo for a few years mm-hmm. because they were disappointed in the res- like. Yeah, because um, Jason Tinksman hadn't yeah. did so poorly. Yeah. Paramount was like, I don't want to fuck. I don't fucking give a shit about. They're this. like, whatever. He's fucking done. No one cares anymore. On to the next thing. Or 
we're doing Chucky now or mm-hmm. something. Well, also, like, at that time, I mean, like, the early 90s, the slasher movies were kind of, like, dying down in money-making popularity, I would say. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um. Because of what we just said, um, New Line Cinema finally gets the rights to Jason Voorhees, the character, um, which means we're one step closer to Jason versus Freddy. But that doesn't happen in this movie, or does it? (laughs) We get a little teaser. We get a little teaser. Um, But anyways, because, you know... The it we're at part nine at this point, so and new line was like, eh, what the fuck ever, like let's just take a fucking risk. I would also call this like a soft reboot. Yeah, I would say because would say. the they it's new production house, so in today's standards, like the mar with the Marvel movies and shit, so like with Spider Man. The Spider-Man that's in the current Marvel movies, played by Tom Holland. That's mm-hmm. his name, right? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yeah. Anyways, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. That's only a few years after that other Andrew Garfield yeah. played Spider-Man, mm-hmm. but it was like a switch in ownership of the character or something yeah. like where now they both own this character of Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's kind of like a reboot, mm-hmm. another reboot, even though it's only a few years later. A similar thing happened here where the character just switched production houses and now they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. They did all that (laughs) stuff at that other place, Paramount. Mm -hmm. They did that. We're doing this now so we can change the rules. So they introduce characters that have never been mentioned before. Mm -hmm. They start out the movie in a place where the audience who has been watching these movies from the beginning is completely lost. You're like... Wait a second. Last time we saw Jason, mm. he was he was all melted he was in the melting sewer, melting in the sewer and vomiting water and, and, and disintegrated disintegrating into former, a boy, former child self. So when we last saw Jason, he was a zombie that was melting in toxic sludge, and then he was a pristine boy that was dead, <laughs> dead but pristine. <laughs> inside jason Mm -hmm. and now we're here and jason looks completely different Mm -hmm. what does jason look like he has like (laughs) that's crazy well he so at this point the mask is almost of a metallic sheen his mask is also in it's kind of engraved in his head and we see his brain and shit and he also has like a few strands of long hair. Doesn't it almost look like his face got like peeled off and that's just what Jason's like skeleton looks yeah. like? Like it's just like the yeah. skin around his face is like around the like mask. Yeah. It's like it's- yeah. Like, the skin on the top of his head and, like, the sides of his head is, like, enveloping the mask. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck happened <laughs> to you, Jason? Like, Bro. did you just, like, swell up in your fucking, like... <laughs> I mean, I guess he has... Well, they do not explain how he got from Manhattan to... Back to Crystal Lake, basically. Um, but... And that's why I, I would say, say he might reboot. he might be like 
you know, Jason is typically waterlogged, I would say. (laughs) So that it kind of looks like a little bit of like maybe potential like water deterioration, but... Um, like he's bloaty. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, so since it is a soft reboot with a completely different production company, um, but it was still produced by uh, Sean S. Cunningham, our boy, who... Our fucking dude who brought the whole thing together with the first movie. Yeah. Um, and it was directed by a first-time director... Named Adam Marcus, who is 23 years old. And we also watched a bonus feature um, on our Scream Factory Blu-ray disc set. Um, And he had a lot of interesting things to say, which we'll get into later. But, um, yeah, it is very... Like, I honestly, like, when I found out he was 23 looking into this, I was literally like, that is so fucking dope that, like, someone that young was able to, like, make this movie. It's insane. And it's literally insane. It's insane that, like, it's hard to find big budget movies made by someone that young in any genre, in any time, I would say, right? Like... Mm -hmm. To be 20, like, how does that even happen? You, he probably got out of film school when yeah, he was like, 22. Literally, literally. So, his first movie out of film school is like the first Jason movie under a new production company. Yeah. Like, Wild. it's obviously going to be seen by a lot of people. Like, at this point, it's number nine. Mm-hmm. It's like an iconic franchise that's still making. A decent amount of money. Yeah. Um, around the time it came out, um, well, first of all, the budget was $3 million, um, which is actually kind of low with it's all the guns and Jason explosions. That's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Good point. It's like Jason takes Manhattan costs him $5 million to make. Mm-hmm. I remember us learning with the last podcast yeah, yeah. and he said that. So, this one takes less money to make than that, but you up the gore by a lot. Yeah. Like, I would say there's, like, way more gore. Like, in weird, like, mm-hmm. intricate gore yeah. scenes with, like, highly detailed bodily dismemberment and shit. Yeah, you know? dude. In this one, compared to the last one. Like, what did they spend their $5 million on in the last well, one? Literally just to shoot going, in Times Square? Yeah, That's New York, fucking it? Like, <laughs> shooting in New York and shooting in California, I think, would probably be like... I think especially shooting on location in New York but would be the most But just for, like, those few thing. scenes? I know, like, and I'm trying to remember, like, other shit. I'm sure they had to, like... I mean, they had a child actor that I feel like comes with shit. They had, like, there's so many things. But I honestly think the biggest, like, I'm sure it was a lot of money to shoot in Times Square. Like, I feel like that ate up the budget, like, hardcore. So when you're not shoot, when you're shooting in a fucking studio, like, you can, that, you know, there's always, like, ways to, like, cuts parts of the budgets to make the other parts of the budget better. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um it almost makes me think like yeah, maybe they should have just shot the whole movie in a studio or something. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I, like, is it really that fucking expensive to shoot around New York? Like, dude, yeah, because you get like all these like permits and shit. Look and at I think fucking it's like, like Marriage Story or something, or like yeah, Birdman like, or something. Like those oh, are big yeah. movies, but they're all over New York. Well, like, I'm sure they're very expensive. We we can look up the budget. But they got to be but... more expensive than this. Oh, one thousand percent. I feel like a th- uh, three million dollar budget for a feature is like actually not a lot no no i mean yeah it's not it's (laughs) not but in terms of five million being the most expensive film of the franchise at that point to go back down to three million it's like they accomplished a lot with like Mm -hmm doing even less money yeah. than the last one. I was but unimpressed it, by the way, the look of the last yeah. movie. But this one, just in terms of like, it just looks more produced. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, and I mean like, even the first, like, so the last one was the most expensive budget, but like, when you think about it, like, these movies don't need a huge budget. Like, no. these movies, like, well, typically, unless it's, like, something crazy happens, like, an FBI sting, or, I don't know, um, but, or, you know, going to Times Square, but, yeah, um, and it ended up making $18 million domestically and became one of New Line Video's largest releases ever. Did and, it? and I would like to just add in, as an aside, I've had two different two separate friends say in reference to the series of Friday the 13th and us doing the podcast tell us like I remember when I was young like going to the video store and seeing the Jason Goes to Hell cover with the metallic mask Mm -hmm. and like the snake thing Mm -hmm. and drawing it or like just like being like mesmerized by it to Garrett and Jason my friend's our friends yeah mentioned that and that's just like almost a testimony to how well it did on like the home video yeah dude yeah that it was so like impact it was such a big deal at the time everyone had this fucking vhs and Mm -hmm. it was at all the blockbusters Mm -hmm. and promoted as like a vhs tape so heavily that that's what it is known as being like yeah man um should we just, should I get into my little quick summary that I'm very proud of writing? Yeah, let's hear your, All right. let's hear the plug summary. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Jason gets blown to bits in an FBI sting, but his soul lives on as he possesses various town folk of Crystal Lake. His ultimate goal is to possess someone of the Voorhees bloodline meaning the secret sister Diana, her daughter Jessica, or Jessica's daughter Stephanie, hashtag baby Jason. But the bounty hunter Creighton Duke knows that while only a Voorhees can bring Jason back from the dead, only a Voorhees can also bring Jason to his demise. And Jessica's baby daddy, Stephen, will do anything to save his daughter and the love of his life. After stacking body after body, Jason is finally stabbed by the magic Voorhees dagger by Jessica and gets dragged to hell by weird demon hands and also Freddy Krueger. 
Did I do a good job? That's a pretty good job. Um, and obviously we're going to go into more detail about certain parts of the plot, what have you, but that is the basic summary. And, you know, you could always uh, watch the movie if you're curious to know even more. <laughs> so, basically, Jason in this movie dies in the first scene, and then he pos- his spirit possesses different host bodies who do the killing for him and it all and he's doing all of this attempting to get to his sister or his sister's daughter his niece's daughter his great niece he wants to possess this fucking baby girl so he can be a little baby girl and come back as big scary man jason it makes complete sense. And then yeah. there's this guy, he's like kind of a cowboy bounty hunter guy named Crichton Duke. And that's all you need to know, really. All right, guys. So now that we've done a little quick summary, we're going to go through the kill count. So our first victim of Jason Goes to Hell the Final, the final Friday is, <laughs> say that five times fast, is... Jason Voorhees, who gets blown to bits in an FBI sting. Um, Literally blown to bits by tons of guns and artillery. Like. Yeah, we should talk about that scene. And he gets blasted with, like, stadium lights. Yeah. (laughs) It's honestly, so, like, basically, like, the movie opens with a woman doing basically everything iconic about these Friday the 13th movies powers out like you know checks the generator takes a shower gets naked like all this shit like it it's all of these she goes through a window yeah Jason chases after like it's like a formulaic Friday the 13th lead up to Mm -hmm. a kill basically and all of a sudden, so she's running in an open field and we see Jason coming for her and after her. And then all of these floodlights come and we see like basically like a fuck ton of FBI agents. In like SWAT gear. And they just like the most guns ever in a Friday the 13th movie. They just fucking like annihilate Jason with these guns and then explode him to the point where he's blown to smithereens and then like, like just chunks of meat. Jason's head and heart are like the only things like salvageable basically. And his heart is still pumping. Mm-hmm. But what's it pumping? It's not pumping blood. It's pumping black, black bis- sludge. <laughs> viscous f- fluid, they say. <laughs> They literally say, oh, what's this? It's not blood. It's black viscous fluid. And <laughs> like, we're like... like very... <laughs> that, that, good, <laughs> good observation. Good doc. analysis. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, that was sick and iconic. There is a fucking huge explosion. Like, I... Me and Craig were watching it, and we were so... It was actually because we went into this completely blind. It was like a real surprise for us to like all of a sudden see all this shit. It was, they really started it with a bang. Especially since, okay, yeah, we'd never seen this movie 
either of us had ever seen this movie, like, going in blind. I hadn't watched or read anything about it, really. <laughs> um, and so we were expecting it to be just like every other movie where they pretty much pick up where the last one left off and kind of, like, tie it all together or, like, there will be characters that are reoccurring from movie to movie. And there was none of that in this one. It just starts off, Jason's back alive. There he is. He's in Crystal Lake. He looks completely different. Um, he's not dead. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so that was shocking. And then to just see that he gets killed by all... It's like almost you're watching a co- comedy. It's like scary movie or something. Mm-hmm. Like a, a parody of Friday the 13th. Like, it's just, what the fuck? It's crazy. People shoot Jason, like, they trap Jason and shoot him. But it kind of makes sense, too, because if Jason had been in Crystal Lake killing all these fucking people... Like, his body count was, like, hundreds of people at Yeah, that he point. had to have at least killed over 100 people at this point. So, like, 20 people a movie. So, <laughs> um... Yeah, the fucking FBI would be on that shit. They'd yeah. be like, you can't just have this small-ass town where there's not even that many people. And hundreds of people die brutally <laughs> murdered. And we know who it is. And, like, and, like, <laughs> and it's just like, just so, like what are you supposed it? to do? Because it's like folklore. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And at this point, it's like everyone knows who Jason is. Everyone in the world knows who Jason yeah. is. Jason point. has to be fucking famous. Like yeah. a famous serial killer at this point. He's a zombie. Just the fact that Jason won't die and everyone knows that Jason will kill you. Like Jason can't be killed and yeah. he's like gonna get you if you like do any fuck around at all on Crystal Lake you're gonna die basically at this point. I'm like... <laughs> but just the fact that Jason is a zombie, like that that revelation would be like it it would be all anyone talked about yeah. for like five years. Yeah. The zombies are real now. Can you <laughs> like, imagine if this if like what happened in in all of the Friday the thirteenth films happened in our in our world? Like, like that would be fucking crazy. I mean, this is where, like, they really fucking jumped the shark with the series. I think um, part six laid the groundwork for, like, what Friday the 13th was going to be like from there on out. And mm-hmm. that's, it gave them permission to just, like, go crazy places. Yeah. Because part six, it adds in all these, like, elements that are unexpected, like the James Bond reference and the fucking meta humor and, like... All these weird scenes, weird lines, head in the lap. Like, I, I don't know. It's yeah. just like, that's a weird movie tonally for the series. The first weird movie. And then from there, you're just like, okay, at this point, Jason's is brought back to like life. He's a zombie. Anything can happen. Like, the movies can be like self-referencing mm-hmm. and like off the wall and like, Basically, any creative idea a director has, they can put it into. Yeah, it's like if you if you get pinned to direct a late 
a late-term Friday the 13th movie, you're basically going to make the film of your fucking dreams. Like, literally. It yeah. just gives you permission to do whatever the fuck you want. Which um, is cool, and which I feel like is missing from modern filmmaking. Totally. Um, speaking of doing whatever the fuck you want, if you get pinned to make a Friday the 13th movie, um... The next death that we'll talk about is um, the assistant coroner. So what happens with him is when Jason, Jason's body is taken to a morgue, um, the first coroner um, gets compelled by Jason's like brain or something. It's literally just his heart his head, and just, like, a sum of body parts, which I don't even know. Knowing what you know about Jason, why would you put his body parts close together in any way? I feel like you should just ins- you should just burn him. But I guess also they wanted to research him and all that fun stuff. So I, you see, like, Jason's head on the table, and it's kind of, like, giving off vibes of some sort. And... The guy takes Jason's heart and starts eating his heart. And basically, there's lights and all this shit entering the first coroner's body. And he becomes, like, essentially possessed by Jason Voorhees, essentially. So... The assistant coroner comes back, and he's played by the screenwriter for this movie, Dean Laurie. So the assistant coroner comes on screen, and this guy is, like, looking... He's with the coroner, who is, like, actively surveying the body parts. And the assistant is just like, oh, you get to hack up Mr. Voorhees. You're a lucky guy. Like, I bet you're saying you can say and do whatever you want to his disembodied corpse parts like he's basically like that's cool you know what i would say i would tell jason i would like shit i would take a crap on jason's hockey mask (laughs) and then the coroner takes the assistant coroner smashes his head in the like grated like table thing and then stabs him in the back of the head. So outside of the coroner's office, there's like those two FBI guys because they're still guarding like outside of Jason's door just in case he comes back again because that's completely within the realm of possibilities at this point. Um, But they were not expecting (laughs) the coroner to come out possess and I think they were like fucking with him kind of they're just like oh how's it look how's that fu- oh they start t- oh my god okay so the coroner is just gonna walk away walk out of the thing to like go pursue his mission and the two FBI agents What's that are mission? sitting to find the Voorhees the Voorhees women because he knows I feel like he yeah but, some but reason... don't call him the coroner call him Jason that's Jason now oh yeah so, Jason in the coroner's body. We'll just say Jason every time um, someone gets possessed. Um, he 
is just passing these two FBI agents and they're literally like talking shit about Jason and you see like a POV shot of him like walking past and then he stops and then he looks and then you see him and one of the FBI agents is Kane Hodder. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the same scene where you see Jason in the reflection as he's walking? Yeah, yeah, it is. So apparently Jason is like a vampire, a reverse vampire. And instead of not being seen, no reflection, you see Jason instead of what you should see reflected. Yeah. Which is the coroner's body. No, that you just see giant Jason. Giant Jason. <laughs> Brain Jason. That doesn't Brain make... Brain Jason. <laughs> that type of like thing doesn't make sense to me be, like even with vampires and yeah. shit too because it's like okay so let's say you hold up the baby Voorhees in the reflection are you just like holding Jason's body like you're like oh, arms yeah. like that's not the same mass like yeah if Jason were to possess the baby like he like, wants what would, to wh- okay <laughs> if Jason were to possess the baby and the baby crawled like, it would they, be Jason crawled crawling. Past a like, that's different <laughs> masses. That's different masses. Okay, but do we think because at the end of the movie when Jason possessed the mom, Diana's body, he ended up just being Jason and not a possessed Diana. So I think just if he's possesses a Voorhees of any age or form like dead alive baby he just becomes jason again oh, that's true but that's true but i do still, like the idea but still being... he could have possessed a child he could have possessed a dog based on like, yeah the logic we have with this new form of jason jason, so, jason as an entity so jason is a fucking like muscular snake monster He's a fucking tongue. He he's a swole tongue with a face that slithers around. He's like a fucking... He's like the alien chest burster. Mm-hmm. He's like a fucking bloody mass of, like, meat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The essence of Jason isn't the heart. Like, the heart was still beating, but... Like, and apparently you have to kill the heart to kill Jason, but... And, and when Jason died, light left his body and fucking, okay, it's like, whatever. it's like this whole fucking, like, is this whole do, different fucking thing that's completely different than, like, anything we've seen. We're used to seeing Jason just come back to life as, like, a brute zombie, but now it's like there's a mystic element to Jason Voorhees. You know? And I even wrote down in my notes, I was like, the things that Jason is composed of. Like, what is inside Jason's Black body? Dog. He's, it, there's some light. So J- Jason could be like light, an evil light that is either like reddish, yellow in tint, or blue. It's either one. There's, like, this weird snake tongue demon that comes out of, like, whoever he possesses mouth. Is that Jason? It has a face. Like, there's a scene where it's slithering around on its own. So that, like, snake meaty worm Jason 
is inside Jason. That's Jason. What if he had a mini hockey mask In the last movie in Manhattan, Jason died in the sewer and his all of his zombie skin melted away and it was just this, like, Jason's inner child. It was like Jason as a baby or as a, like, like a, normal a kid. Baby, yeah. yeah. And then also Jason is this, like, black viscous jelly that's inside his heart. What is that supposed to be? Evil. Is that just, like, the lake water that he spewed out of his mouth in the last movie? Yeah, I mean, it might just, like, be further... Because, like, Jason hasn't been human since, like, since three, I feel. Or since... I would say since three, because at three, he kind of did die. He went to the morgue and just, like, came back to life somehow. I would say. Yeah, Jason... So I would say he's just, like, a not a human being. So his in, veins in run three, with... In three, he gets hung. Yeah. He gets pushed out of the barn and hung. And... In the He ice. turns around and stares at the final girl and... He, like, show he's hanging like he would have died. He fell out of a window and fell, like, more than six feet and fell onto a rope around his neck. That would have killed a man. But Jason is just, he dies for a second, kind of, and then he lifts up on the rope and then reveals his face and, like, does a smile like Sloth from the Goonies and then just, like, frees himself from the noose and then goes on, like, attacking the final girl. Yeah. And then that's when she puts the axe in his fucking head, which also would have killed a fucking person if an axe went into your head so, like, three inches deep or something. Like, it slits a fucking slit in his mask. It's, like, three to four inches deep. So... Jason would have died. He's laying on the ground in the middle of the barn. They get taken away to safety. He gets hauled off in the ambulance. And then part four starts. And he's just back to life. He just fucking (laughs) comes back to life while they're watching that workout DVD or Mm -hmm, VHS mm -hmm. or whatever. He's like jerking off or something. (laughs) They had sex on the couch or something. It was like... yes. And Jason's, like, hand touched the nurse. Yeah, so, at that point, Jason should have been dead. Like, I would, I am of the belief that Jason was a zombie even then, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so at this and point, then part he doesn't, four, yeah. he, Tommy Jarvis really fucking ends his life. Yes. He, like, period, ends his life. Ba- ha- dead and buried. He hacks him in the head with the machete. And then he lands on the machete. It slides down his face, cutting his face in half. And then Jason's hand trembles. He, like, thinks he's dead at that point. But then he moves his hand a little bit. And then Tommy Jarvis is like, oh, fuck no. And then he's just like, die, die, die. And kills him a bunch of times. Yeah. That actually killed him for some reason. Even though in the previous movie he didn't die at the end. Yeah, yeah. So that kills him. He gets buried. He stays buried for an entire movie, mm-hmm. but then brought back to life when he's unburied by Tommy Jarvis <laughs> and, and struck by lightning in a lightning rod in his chest. <laughs> and then from then on, they kind of, he's just like, he doesn't die again until 
eight until he takes Manhattan because he well, instead so of in six he doesn't necessarily like die. He, they bury Since him he's in a the zombie, water. they just like chain him to the Crystal Lake mm-hmm. floor, the floor of the lake. And a similar thing happens in seven. And yeah, and in seven, he's he's dragged by um the Carrie character's dead father <laughs> drags him to the bottom of Crystal Lake. Weird. Just bizarre. And then in eight, he dies again. By but Tom. but he like dies. He was supposed to die in eight, and then New Line Cinema bought the rights to Jason Voorhees, so they well, brought it back to life again. He like <laughs> dies, but he also doesn't. Yeah. And I guess he kind of technically dies, but also doesn't in this movie. I mean, in at the end of 8, he is, like, alive and screaming when the toxic sludge splashes on him. But then, like, you see the inner boy. Mm-hmm. Then what happens to that boy? Does he just disappear? I feel like that was, like, a sim- symbolic death that, like... It was, yeah. but, like, what... How did that scene end when they showed they just, Jason melting into his inner child? He was just like did in... the inner child then disintegrate, or did he disappear, or was he just a hard cut? To the... No, I think it was honestly just a hard cut to them walking in Times Square. Wow, I literally feel like that that happened because I think the last shot of the kid is just him in like the fetal position, and then they're like, and then they're in Times Square, and then. We get reunited with the dog. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> well, Jason's dead as dirt, so everyone thinks. And a few townspeople are, I mean, the whole town of Crystal Lake is celebrating. And a few. There's te- a burger sale. Yeah. There's a two for one burger sale that's like Jason is dead at Joey B's. Yes, Joey B's is a is a main setting for this movie, um, and they very tastefully <laughs> are selling Jason burgers. Would you eat a Jason burger? Um, it, I want to recreate the Jason burger. With the Beyond Burger. Oh, yeah, that would be good. We wrote a note that we were going to do that. for It could be a plant-based board. Oh, BGP shit. Crossover. Oh, my God. Let's do that next week. Basically, they, Joey B has the fry cook, which is her son. <laughs> her son <laughs> <I> Ward think... <laughs> or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's digging out hockey mask holes and eye holes into each meat patty that he's grilling. And I'm like, dude... That makes it the Jason Burger, like, <laughs> you better serve it to them open face. Yeah. Because how... And then you write the little lines with the ketchup. How, how the fuck are you going to know that there's holes in that meat patty mm-hmm. unless you serve it to them open face, bro? Bro. <laughs> Joey B. <laughs> um, but yeah, these basically three teens get a ride to Crystal Lake, to Camp Crystal Lake, um... 
Is it a camp? It's just I thought they the said... Town, the town is called Crystal Lake. Yeah, but, they're, but the three kids were like, we want to go to Camp Crystal Lake because Jason's dead and we know that he won't get us, basically. And we can fuck. Yeah, basically, they were like trying they to... They want to go to the site of Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. I don't think there's currently a camp. Oh, yeah, no. They want to go to the site of mm-hmm. Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's probably just... Just an abandoned yeah. fucking wood wooded mm-hmm. area in the town of Crystal Lake. Yeah. Um, and it's a couple, um, Luke and Deborah and um a third wheel named Alexis, and they get a ride from um Steven, who's the baby daddy to Jessica. Um, and Alexis tries to fuck Steven and he's like, nah. <laughs> um, but we we are coming up on one of the best kills, probably of the series, which is, like, I mean, Alexis gets, like, slashed in the face a bunch of times, and Luke gets killed okay. off screen, but <sighs> Deborah, And it's also the most gratuitous sex scene it's... in the entire Friday the 13th franchise thus far. It's like like we see people having sex. They're slowly like (laughs) fucking. They're like fully fucking in multiple different positions. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) it's like you see him like pull up. Like they're like fully naked, having full on sex. Apparently, they were um, exes at the point that this was filmed. So well, they weren't wearing a condom either. Oh, oh, that's a big thing. So. Right. Like that was in, yes, scene. that was a big thing. So the in the um there's a point there is a like purposeful shot of them throwing the condom away, so not using the condom. And the director Adam Marcus was like, "So I don't want it to be you have sex, you die. I want it to be you have unsafe sex, you die." <laughs> <laughs> so, but also it's like you. You don't know their relationship. They could be... She could be on birth control. They could be fluid-bonded lovers. They could <laughs> do the. They could be dating for five years. I know, but, you know... It could still be safe sex. <laughs> it's true, but I don't know if, like, the 90s was, like... I guess birth control birth has control, been a The while. pill has been a while, around <laughs> for a while. I feel like whenever That's I watch, like... That's, like, women's liberation. <laughs> yeah. I feel like whenever I watch, like, Sex in the City or some shit from that time, it'll be, like, my diaphragm, and I'm, like, ew, that, that doesn't seem fun. Your diaphragm. <laughs> yeah, like diaphragms i think that's like when you it's basically kind of like i guess a new ring but i also uh, yeah. don't really know and also like elaine with the sponge the whole sponge oh, yeah. episode <laughs> the sponging episode of and is he is he worth a sponge i want to get some of those spermicidal sponges yeah I'm gonna try that. so i'm like <laughs> okay like the condom might be the safest option at this point but maybe not but or maybe birth control is just really hard to get because of you know, the current... I think they just wanted to show Jason stepping on a condom right before he kills the bitch. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, um... Jason takes... <laughs> some kind of, like... I think it's, like, a tent stake or something. Yeah, I would say... I would say it's a tent stake. But also, like, if you're just watching the movie, it kind of looks like a sword. If you yeah. were to just show some of the scene, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he splashed them with a sword. 
and, he, and it's sharp mm-hmm. it's pointy <laughs> it's long <laughs> yeah it's just like i don't think anyone would actually stay content with that exactly um he stabs through the tent while deborah is on top riding riding that fucking dick and he she with her head held back yeah like, like throwing her hair back she's like about boobs to on full display yeah um, and he gets impaled, she gets impaled through and then ripped open in half, like terrifier style in like the craziest gore. Well, they actually we, show the whole scene, which is like it. rare for this yeah. franchise at this point. We did watch the unrated version, but... I think this was this was probably cut from the heart. We always watch the un like yes. if there's an unrated version or like a more uncut version or a director's cut, mm-hmm. we always watch whatever has more scenes. So we're not watching like the theatrical version. Yeah. Apparently this scene was cut in the original theatrical version and I'm just like that's like the best kill of yeah. the movie is her because it's like, she gets stabbed. That was already pretty crazy, mm-hmm. and I thought it was gonna end there. And then he, she, gets ripped in half, ripped in half up and out of her body from where he stabbed her. And I was Wild. like, that that crazy. He, they didn't have to go that hard, but they did. And imagine just being making <sighs> probably like the coolest death in all the Friday the Thirteenth movies one so far. One of them, in my opinion, maybe the coolest. And because of rating, you just have and like you cut it from all the of the like time and getting that just right. I'm sure that was such a nightmare to film. And then it's yeah, like, to make that look good. Oh imagine, if, imagine you're just like a special effects artist. And yeah. You, your job is to make this kill look as realistic as possible and really like sell it. So they probably had to make an entire torso and head body like, or something to, when it was cut in half, like, that had to have all been a prop. Yeah. So an entire human body prop that looks as realistic as it did so they could cut it in half, you know? Yeah, and it looks good. Like, even in the still that I have, like, it looks, like, real. Like, it looks good. Because sometimes, like, you know, you see, like, the practical effects in a still and you're like, you can see that it's, like, obviously a dummy and shit. But this one was... Chef's kiss. Yeah, that was a good kill. Um, we get um a character named Edna who's like dating a cop. <laughs> um, she <laughs> her head gets crushed, and then the cop gets like kidnapped by Jason, who is in the body of Coroner Phil. What ensues after that? <laughs> is Jason straps this man, strips this man, straps him down. To a table, like bondage style, leather straps to the fucking surgical table. Why is that in there? Like, (laughs) I'm sure every person who watches this movie, their one question is like, why the fuck is that in there? And we watched the commentary from the director and he was like, he was like, I don't know, I just wanted to do, like, a weird thing that people would talk about. Yeah. 
And, and he there's also, no ex- explanation as to why Jason shaves the yeah, guy. It's and, literally like the director just thought that people would think it was weird. And, <laughs> and he was right. He's like, I don't know, I just want to fucking do it, man. 23-year-old director, baby. I think that, um... He, I think that it ended up in, like, top 10 um, most homoerotic horror films because of that scene. <laughs> um, so, he gets passed through from Coroner Phil to the, to this policeman. And, um, that once you're possessed by Jason, you die. But most of the people that get possessed by Jason end up dying off screen. So, Coroner Phil dies off screen. So once um, the policeman is possessed, he finds Diana, who, again, is the half-sister of Jason Voorhees. They share a father. Who's the father's name again? It's like... It's um, Elias. Elias, yeah. Elias Voorhees. Elias Voorhees apparently slept with... He got around... (laughs) Apparently, Pamela wasn't his main hoe. <laughs> he, got, he got around. So, the original writer of Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. Victor Miller, he's the one in the legal battle with Sean S. Cunningham right mm-hmm. now about the rights to the Jason character or whatever. But in his original like screenplay or script or whatever you call that for Friday the 13th, he included the character of Elias, but it, it's not like there's no detail. It doesn't go into detail about who that character is. It wasn't fleshed out, but Elias apparently is mentioned or something at some point. This is coming from the Friday 13th dot fandom dot com wiki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, who knows? But people are saying on this wiki that Elias and Pamela were, like, married, and then they had Jason. Jason had these deformities, and it, and Pamela was obsessed with Jason, and that it drove Elias away or something. Mm-hmm. He, like, abandoned them. Yeah. And then, I guess... That makes sense. Went around, sleeping around. Yeah. Um, and produced Diana, who, um, unfortunately was killed by Jason um and then Jason escaped and it was pinned on Stephen <laughs> um so Diana and Stephen were together because Diana at this point in the movie us as the viewer do not know that Diana is in any way related to Jason yes yes so that being said you're wondering well at this point in the movie why is Diana need to tell Steven something? Mm-hmm. And you're like, who knows? Like, I kind of guessed that they would yeah. be related because yeah. it just seemed weird the way they introduced the characters. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Steven, it took me a while to put together that Steven was Diana's daughter's Baby daddy. Baby daddy slash ex-boyfriend. Because mm-hmm. also Diana looks young, so I thought exactly. that she was going to be like 
I didn't realize that she was a, a mother <laughs> to an adult child. With a daughter. <laughs> yeah. So Diana, what she wants to tell Stephen is she wants to reveal to Stephen. What I didn't tell you was that Diana is actually related to Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. That's like what she she wanted to say. Clairvoyantly because... wants to reveal this piece of information. Mm-hmm. Because Creighton Duke talked to talked to talked to Diana, and then Diana was like, "Oh shit, I gotta like tell other people what I know." And then it, and then she ends up dying. And we'll we should definitely and have a full. When Diana dies, Stephen like fights Diana or fights Jason mm-hmm. as. The, the, the deputy off the, the like the, officer deputy Josh deputy Josh so Stephen fights him pushes him out of a window defenestration <laughs> it's called yeah so then he's lying on the ground outside of the window kind of similar to when Roy Burns dies in part five you see from inside the house looking down Jason dead on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts away, and Stephen's like talking to Diana or like looking at her body or something. And then the cops show up, and Stephen's like, Yeah, his body's right here. And then like points to where Jason was, and he's nowhere to be seen. And then it looks like he just murdered Diana because there's blood on his hands. Mm-hmm. He's literally caught red handed, and there's no, <laughs> no other fucking killer. Yeah to be seen and he's talking about Jason Voorhees being back but he possessed some police officer and then the other police officer is probably like okay sure you're fucking crazy bro sure Steven uh <laughs> you're coming with me <laughs> um so um I would definitely say that um my favorite kill was it's gotta be fucking Deborah just because it was so brutal. It was like, in my opinion, the best kill of the movie or of the franchise. Of the whole franchise. The f- Craig, we see the spear go through her. She, first of all, what we need is to figure out lead? who did special effects on oh, this because we, we always shout out Tom props. Savini. But if you think this is the best kill of the franchise, we should give them some shouts. So, shouts to Al Magliocetti. Italian <laughs> <laughs> ass. For uh, doing these sick ass effects, because these are, like, fucking sick. Tom um, Savini. Tom Savini. Al um, Magliocetti. I would say the <laughs> other one, I'm just going to say that um, the fucking... My favorite Jason death, because there's two technically (laughs) in this, is when he gets blown to goddamn smithereens by the FBI. That was, like, the most iconic thing ever. Um, what are you, what are your favorite deaths? Yeah, I mean, the fucking getting the sword spike, what, what, what was it that killed I really feel like is it, it a fuck. It looked like a fucking sword. It looked like a fucking like <laughs> medieval times ass sword. It's like long and pointy at the end. It's something that he found at the campsite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, yeah, the tent kill. 
where he stabs from outside of the tent through her body and then lifts it up and just splits her down the middle. That's by far the coolest visual kill. It's the most shocking. It comes after the craziest sex scene in the movie. (laughs) That's definitely, like, one of the best kills. Yeah. So, that one's gotta be mentioned. And, yeah, I mean, that's it's sick. That one, the body melting kill. Yeah. I guess that was Deputy Josh. Yeah. So, that kill basically just exists to show what happens to you when Jason leaves your possessed corpse. Yeah. So, he, like, the evil, like, possesses your body or something, and, like, then once Jason leaves you, you're just left, like, decaying rapidly. So, in a very, like, Cronenberg-esque body horror scene, you see this fucking deputy melt and, like, his mm-hmm. jaw fall onto the ground. His, like, skin is oozing and sticking to, mm-hmm. like, every surface it touches. And It's so nasty. And I feel like, unlike... Nasty. What's cool about this movie is that there's so many, like... I feel like there's this supernatural element that we didn't get in the previous films, like beyond like Jason obviously coming back to life. Um, I guess we do see a little bit of that melty vibe um, in Jason Takes Manhattan, but that's like, this is like the first time we see a supernatural related death, like in Friday the 13th, you know what I mean? Where it's literally like the cause of death isn't Jason hitting you with a machete. It's not him throwing you against a fucking tree in a sleeping bag. It's not his brute strength that's killing you. It's his soul is tarnishing your insides. That's a good point. You know what I mean? That's fucking... I fucking love this movie, man. It's so good. It's also... I just want to say that watching the commentary from the director, Adam Marcus, is that his name? Mm Mm-hmm. Watching the commentary from the director, Adam Marcus, was very enlightening to, like, his points of reference for the movie. So he was looking at the other Friday the 13th films, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead trilogy. He was looking at John Carpenter's The Thing, David Cronenberg movies. <laughs> the um, Terminator. <laughs> the Terminator. It's All of these are very obvious when he says it. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes total sense like i can see where each one comes but that body melting scene specifically obviously is very cronenberg but it also reminds me of hellraiser and frank coming out of the floor yeah oh because you see this deputy melting into the ground and he's like hugging the floor and his skin is oozing onto the floor and he's like lifting his bones and like his jaw is falling off his face onto the ground it looks like when Frank is materializing mm-hmm. in from, like, flesh, and you see, like, the bones lift up from the ground. That's something I thought about. And also, um, the, this, so, Adam Marcus was very influenced by Evil Dead and Sam Raimi's Evil Dead trilogy. The Necronomicon is actually in this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Not just, like the concept of the Necronomicon, but the actual Necronomicon yeah. from Evil Dead is in the movie. He, he like, borrowed, he like the borrowed it. He, bo- he asked to borrow the fucking prop. So the 
scene specific scene from evil dead that this scene reminds me of is at the end of evil dead one when there's that like stop motion animation like claymation slash canned corn (laughs) creamed corn special effect scene of the like giant zombie thing melting into the ground that this scene reminds me of that with the decomposition like expanded rapid decomposition Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and just going back to the necronomicon necronomicon the necronomicon Necronomicon. all my vegans out there i know you know about the veganomicon (laughs) what's the veganomicon it's just a famous cookbook oh shit is it supposed to like be a play on Mm -hmm. oh that's cool well the necronomicon is like a concept that I think H.P. Lovecraft came up uh, with it's a, it's like just like an unholy book of the dead. Mm. It's like a demonic Holy possessed shit. book. That's cool that that exists then. But the Veganomicon is just like the it's like the holy book of vegan cooking. <laughs> it just like teaches you a bunch of like vegan basics. Anyways, <laughs> um, but like I like that. Um, I feel like this movie could have been really fucking lame if. They chose to be like, oh my gosh, the Necronomicon. This is why Jason always comes back from the dead. The Pamela Voorhees actually did this and all this stuff, and they don't, they yeah, don't explain it. It's literally just like Stephen goes to the Voorhees house, which apparently existed and is like literally a thing. Um, See, also, like, a funny thing is that I agree that, with you that it's like whack that they're like okay there's a fucking Voorhees house it's like yeah they're springing that on you but it's like it's a fucking movie in the like fans who get annoyed with this movie because it like breaks the canon or something being like Jason never had a sister you can't just say Jason has a sister now it's like give me a fucking break dude every movie Jason there was the fucking final chapter, and now we're at the final Friday. Jason's died every movie since then, like, basically. basically. So I'm like, why can't you just, like, be okay with the fact that this is a movie? Everything, yeah. Like, yeah. it's, like, okay to change. I'm totally fine with changing canon like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you can be a fan of the, like, a diehard fan of the franchise and the canon. Yeah. And still be okay with people who, like, rewrite the canon. Yeah. I like, agree. it's fine. It's I fucking agree. fine. And it's a new production studio. It's, like, a larger gap in time mm-hmm. from the previous film than, like, had happened previously in the franchise. So, they're, like, trying to come up with new ideas. Like, just why is this like a bad thing to me it's like yeah. fine i'm totally fine it... i'm totally fine yeah. with all these oddball weird changes screwy screwball shit that happens in this movie at the Voorhees house um there is a some like a production assistant spelled Voorhees wrong oh, yeah. and apparently like everyone fucking blows up at that shit i didn't even notice it when i saw it but the... yeah apparently this movie is like pretty hated by most fans of the franchise like i would say the most some of the most controversial movies in this franchise are parts five part eight 
and part nine, this one. Mm -hmm. So that's takes Manhattan and then the movie where Jason's not actually in it. Mm -hmm. So I loved, I love part five. I liked part eight a lot. And I, I really it. like Jason yeah. Goes to Hell. Yeah. So I like all the movies that, that like, are a lot of fans controversial, of, uh, are, think yeah. are controversial yeah. or like outliers in the yeah. franchise. I'd like, I think I'd rather watch Jason Goes to Hell most nights over like Friday the 13th part one. Yeah. Honestly. I, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love this movie. Um, if you want to watch some. If you want the most murders per gallon of popcorn, this is the one. This is the fucking movie with the, the most murders per gallon of popcorn. Yeah. You got one bucket of popcorn, and you're just shoving popcorn in your face while murders are flying across the screen you're like left refills. and right. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't take too long to get refills because, like, there's like a kill every three fucking minutes, basically. You got your ticket, you got your popcorn, you sit down, and you got fucking, like, while you're eating this popcorn, there's just. A hundred murders. <laughs> For your price of admission, there are so many kills. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I really love, I really love like this. I love that the movie gives us more, uh, it takes the Jason lore in a very mystical direction where he is even more of an entity and, there could be a, there could be an Evil Dead connection. There is like a very blatant um, Freddy Krueger connection, and I just like love how I'm so happy that New Line got this fucking movie because I feel like it opened the door to just like to I I don't know I feel like this is a like this is a Friday the th I don't know I fucking love this movie I don't know and I just also want to shout out that I'm a big fan of the um, kill where the newscaster talk show host mm -hmm. guy as Jason, he gets like shot a bunch of times, gets shot in the forehead, but then he's still alive and he smashes these two cops' heads together and yeah. like heads explode into this bloody mess. I remember liking that one. Watching it back again after, out of the context of the movie, it wasn't as cool, honestly, mm -hmm. but maybe I'm just not remembering all of the kills right now. Oh, God, that one with the fucking hand was bad. Yeah. That one's bad. What is this a picture of? Oh, it's just um the guy running into the knife. Yeah, I would say my favorite kills are those three, so... Yeah. And Jason, of course. Yeah. The Jason getting blown to bits is fucking crazy. I love that. It it was it pulled me in from the beginning. And honestly, if you can like capture my attention in that first scene or like at the end, that does a lot for your movie for me, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like I think part of the reason why part seven was such a drag for mm -hmm. us was because we want we were watching a new Friday thirteenth movie. We had liked every movie yeah, before literally. that. Yeah. And we it's one we hadn't seen before. So we wanted it to be really cool and good. And then the first scene you're just like, nothing that cool happens. I'm yeah. like They showed Jason some, a bunch there, of can times. Can there be some funny shit yeah. or like 
they show Jason a bunch of times under the lake, but then don't, there's no, there's no crossover in that opening scene. It's literally just like, he's just there. And then and like, there's a whole, drama. there's a whole melodrama with the fucking child. Who and the like, wife beating dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. It's so dumb. <laughs> Fuck that movie. So, <laughs> it, it just didn't like get you excited to watch the rest of the movie and I was kind of like ah, come on like where's the good shit this movie it starts and it's craziness from the beginning yeah. you're like fuck we're on a fucking ride like you have to start strong yes in a movie yes and like most of them do an okay job at least like some of the other installments in the movie or installments in the franchise they like lay the groundwork for what's going to happen in the story. Like, early on in the series, you're like... I mean, I actually, I take that back. From the very first movie, it starts with a kill mm-hmm. flashback. Mm-hmm. It's like, Pamela kills two people in the mm-hmm. first five minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the first movie. You don't know it's Pamela, but there's a kill there. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? And then it goes on. It's granted it's more tame or whatever, but anyways... The Jason kill is good. The tent kill is good. The body melting kill is good. And the cops getting their heads smashed together, Mm -hmm. that's like my honorable mention. Yeah. Oh, I do want to have an honorable mention just for the whole, the entire restaurant sequence when um, Jason comes. He is still in the news anchor's body. He just left the police station. And he... Fucking the sequence of events that happens and that he fucks up everyone, basically. He fucks up the son. He fucks up the owner. Or the son, he bends his arm backwards yeah. to the point and where the bones the stick bones out. Break out of his skin. It's fucking disgusting. Throws him against the fucking wall. He he deep fries one person he punches someone to death he explodes a woman's head like a pimple there's a fountain of blood that comes out the top of her head yes in the midst of all of this there's also it, it's majority slow motion there's sh- shot there's so many guns a diner patron gets shot accidentally this is joey b's we're talking about this is the we're same place the that was humble, humble diner with the two for one special on the jason is dead burger <laughs> and all this it's like a fucking massacre it is so sick though and it's all slow motion and Vicky, who's the one whose head gets popped like a fucking pimple, says the titular line where she says, Go to hell! <laughs> so, Craig, I'm going to say two words, and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your head. Jason Voorhees. Well, I'm thinking about a little girl... In a pink dress, sticking a hot dog through a donut. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a very cringe reenactment of <laughs> the probably the best character. His opening line 
like basically. basically his opening line because um before we get into him there's this also like show within the movie that is a it's a dateline knockoff and there's an anchor and he basically does this like whole fucking thing there's like a hilarious thing where they talk about the two FBI agents and the fucking hold up hold up also we need to mention that that news anchor is he's he's dating Jessica so there's like a there is a dateline type show within this movie that basically this is like our vessel to get the entire story of Jason he explains everything so if you're watching this, if this is your fr- first Friday the 13th movie this is like the this is like the everyone's sitting around the campfire and like you you hear about what happened in the previous film basically <laughs> uh plot device and there's the anchor is like a total dickwad he's dating the daughter because i think he realizes Somehow he knows that Diana, Jessica, and Stephanie, the baby, are all related to Jason Voorhees. He definitely knows. So he is exploiting, he's exploiting Jessica by dating her. And he, like, he literally is, like, on the phone. This is right before he gets possessed and right before, um, Officer or Deputy Josh, like, melt into the ground. He's in the Voorhees house, and he's basically, like, he took Diana's body from the morgue. He basically was, like... He says, uh, and this is a quote, I stole Diana's body, then I fucked her daughter. He says that while he's on phone with, on the phone with, like, the producers (laughs) of his show or something. He's, like... Yeah, I fucking stole Diana's body, then I fucked her daughter, and I hid Diana's body somewhere in this Voorhees house so that... So that... <laughs> like, the, and he, I feel like he was, like, basically setting it up to where, like, it would be this huge reveal and, like, all of this fucking... He was basically making television. Like, he was just, like, yeah. just making this so shit. So he planted a dead corpse. An actual... Pers- uh, his girlfriend's mom's corpse. He stole it and planted it in the Voorhees house so that it could be discovered on live television and get good numbers for TV so he could get a promotion or something. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, like what a sociopath. And he's like, it's just funny because like this show, this show has a lot of, the, the Dateline show, like, has a lot of funny moments. Like, we see, like, literal footage, like, that was shot by, that was shot, like, by the DP of this movie, of, like, the coroner. And he's like, this coroner died. And it's, like, literally, like, footage from the previous scene. And we're like, how did you get that? Yeah. (laughs) Like, this does not make any fucking sense. So the movie we're watching also exists in this (laughs) world. Like... The people who shot this movie also shot the scene in the hospital, like, morgue that is now being broadcast on television to the characters we're watching. It's, like, such a meta-humor thing. It's so funny. And then, um, then, in this program, we are introduced to the best character 
of this movie, Creighton Duke. Creighton. 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 What makes Creighton so great? Like, what is it? I don't, like... It's his line that he says about the little girl in the pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut that is never... he. The person interviewing him who says two words for you, Jason Voorhees, and then he spits out that fucking line about the hot dog through a donut. The interviewer doesn't say it. Aha, what do you mean by that, Creighton? No, it just fucking rolls with it, right? He just, I think it just cuts to the next scene. Yeah, he just fucking, that's it. There's no explanation for why he said that. I guess, like, all I'm thinking about is sexual innuendo, but the fact that he said little girl... And also the fact that he said pink dress, I'm like, this, okay, if he would have just said a little girl sticking a hot dog through a donut, that's weird. But little girl in a pink dress, that makes me think she's wearing like a fucking child's dress. Like, what girls wear pink dresses? Pink (laughs) is like what you dress up your like baby in because... You're saying this kid is a girl. So do you think he was, in a way, trying to <laughs> insinuate that Jason was trying to take over little girl, the girl, the Jess- only Jessica's Jessica, daughter. Stephanie, or Diana? They're all Voorhees Wait, women. Wait, which one's Stephanie? Stephanie's the baby. Okay, yeah, Jessica's daughter, Stephanie. And he's, like, insinuating that it's, like, sticking a hot dog through a donut. Could be a sexual innuendo, but it could also be the dagger that needs to be stuck through Jason's heart in order for him to finally... No, I think Creighton is trying to say that Jason is trying to stick his hot dog through Stephanie's donut. Oh, my God. (laughs) But... (laughs) Uh, realistically, though, I think Creighton was just fucking trolling this dude. He's in... There, there's a scene when Steven and Crichton are in jail together. Like, they can touch each other through the bars. And Steven's like... Crichton is talking to Steven. I don't think Steven even, like, gives a fuck who Crichton is. Yeah. He doesn't know who the fuck this is. Crichton's like, you're Steven, right? You had a baby with him. The Voorhees girl, right? And he's, like, and he's like, he's like bringing him in. He's like, I have more information. I know how you can kill Jason. Jason's the one doing this. Jason's back. He's possessing people. He's like, oh, Crichton just knows all this shit. And he's telling Steven, like, right off the top. like. But he doesn't tell him right off the top. And wait, like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and then Crichton is like, I'll tell you more. You just have to give me something. And he's like, what can I give you? I don't have any money. I don't have nothing. He's like. Give me your hand. He gives him his hand through the bars, and he just snaps his fucking finger. He just breaks his finger. <laughs> and he... And I'm like, Crichton, you sick bastard. What are you doing? Is this some sort of, ri- like, satanic ritual that you're doing from the Necronomicon? No, he's like, all right, what's the secret you're going to give me? He, like, tells him a little bit more information. He's like, so actually, Diana is... Jason's half sister, and then he's like, "Oh fuck, tell me more." And he's like, "Give me your hand," and then he <laughs> gives him his hand, breaks another finger, and he's like, "And Jason needs a Voorhees person, blah blah blah, to come back to life mm. or whatever." And he's like, "Fuck, why'd you break my finger again?" And he's like, 
give me your hand again. <laughs> and then he breaks another finger <laughs> and gives it some more information. And then it's like cut scene. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, like, I like, think why he did he gives him everything. I think he just was like, Creighton's a type of guy. First of all, he literally said, I know how to kill Jason and I will do it for $500,000. That's, yeah, Jason's, that's his price. Jason's bounty is $500,000. Which is too low in my opinion. I don't know, like, all you uh, older people out there listening to our podcast, I was born after this movie came out. Like, I live in a world, I've only ever lived in a world post-Jason Goes to Hell coming out, but <laughs> the world I know, I would imagine $500,000 is a bit low for Jason. <laughs> like if you if Crichton if you can kill Jason, you're saving hundreds of lives potentially. Yes, and you are also getting revenge on someone who there's countless families who have lost people to Jason. <laughs> like think about all the people who are dead in this town to at the hands of Jason. They would chip in. There would be a fucking GoFundMe. You could at least raise yeah, like two dude. million dollars to kill Jason in the world I live in. There's fucking. <laughs> multi-billionaires like five hundred thousand dollars isn't that much to kill jason think like people make more money than that selling a fucking nft <laughs> like this is so true i'm, I'm like jason's only worth five hundred thousand dollars like Crichton, you gotta put your yeah, fucking bro. price higher bro you could be a billionaire off of this shit jason <laughs> is the biggest nft and three broken fingers is Crichton's fucking price. He just wants... He's just in it. He's a sick the, fuck. Yeah. Crichton doesn't even take the money. And anymore. then, at the, yeah, at the end, he's just like, it's not even about the money anymore. I'm like, it should have never. What? He's what in did it for it the take? love of the game. What did it take? He's in it for the love of the Why game. Why didn't you just like. And he was so cryptic the whole movie. And it's just like, then when it finally matters, when Jason's in the fucking like room, he's like, here, okay, the way to kill him is that. Diana, or fucking not Diana, Jessica needs to take this dagger and stab Jason. It has to be Jessica. It can't be Steven. It has to be useless-ass Jessica. She has to stab him because only Voorhees can kill the Voorhees. And then he gets, like, killed via bear hug by Jason. <laughs> and I'm like, you could have saved Yeah, Crichton's death was so lives. unceremonious. It was, like, it was the most sad. boring fucking... Like, Crichton Duke. If you're gonna introduce Crichton Duke, the Duke... <laughs> if you're gonna introduce the Duke, one of the best characters, like him and Tommy Jarvis, might be the best fucking non-Jason yes. characters in the whole series. Yes. Like, you're gonna introduce him, and the way he dies is just like off-screen, off not that gory. Yeah. Like, pretty quick. Like, come on. Yeah, but I guess because at this point, like. Crichton's like your favorite character in the movie and I feel like they don't like giving like the favorite character like the character that's not like the secondary villain like a you know a like crazy death like but also they didn't even really give the sec I would say the secondary villain is the Dateline reporter guy because he is an mm-hmm. asshole <laughs> You know what's funny is, like, Crichton Duke is such a horror movie trope. 
And this might have started around the time of like Halloween, John Carpenter's original Halloween with Doctor yeah, Loomis. Yeah. Doctor Loomis is like the expert. He's yeah. like, he's like, I know all about Jason. Like, like Doctor Loomis is like, I know all about Michael Myers. I'm his fucking like therapist or something. Like whatever Doctor yeah. Loomis does to Michael Myers, find like, out the info. He knows everything about him while he's imprisoned. He's like psychoanalyzing and psycho-evaluating Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And then when Michael Myers breaks out, he, like, knows his every move. He, like, know He's, like, obsessed with Michael Myers. That's, like, Crichton Duke with Jason. And there's countless other fucking... We were watching with our friends just the other day, Garrett and Hannah. Shouts out to Garrett and Hannah. Shouts out. And Katrina. Shouts out to Katrina. <laughs> Katrina the Chi. We, we love, love you. her. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, also, shouts out to their pizza. It was fucking bomb. Oh my god, they made, a, like, the I'm best I'm a pizza, pizza connoisseur. Shouts out to the vegan family. Um. Shout, shout, shout. Shout, shout, shout. Anyways, they had us watch Idle Hands. It's this movie we've it's been wanting stoner. to watch together. It's a stoner horror movie. I'm sure so you guys have good. seen it. It's pretty fucking good, but there's a character in that movie who is, like, the I know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I know all about this like demonology and satanic shit in this fucking unholy ritual that happened, and I can stop it. Yeah, just like the all knowing. Like I love a, I love an all knowing. That like, I feel like in Evil Dead too, there is a similar. Like I feel. I mean, you can do countless. I mean, wax work. The well, grandpa knew. So in the Evil Dead, there's a good point. In the Evil Dead series, the um, like Necronomicon, if I remember correctly, the book is being studied by someone's father yeah. or grandfather or something who was in the cabin most recently, yeah. and then they like go. To stay in their like family cabin, yeah, and they find in the basement all of this like, all these tape recordings and the book, and it's been studied and like there's these logs of what happened. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like not in the movie, but through the recordings, yeah. there's like an expert on the Necronomicon. Yeah, there is like the daughter of that person. Of that, is yeah, there. yeah. Um, but yeah, Creighton Duke, pour one out. We love him. Didn't mention him in the kill count because his death was lame, but he he is. We are very fond of that character. Yeah, he's sick. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about is we complained so much about the last movie not actually being in, in Manhattan, New yeah, in New York at all. Like it's in the water on a boat mm-hmm. in New Jersey, like going to Manhattan. So total fucking boner kill (laughs) it's like buzz kill as fuck so do you feel the same way about this movie because personally i don't i don't at all i don't care i didn't i I honestly don't know if i expected to actually go to hell yeah well it's weird because like even when i like looked up that picture of um like the um special effects guy like, there's these weird, like, demons next to Jason, and I sort of, like, for, and I've seen that picture before, so I was picturing kind of, like, this crazy hellscape thing, at least for a little bit, but I'm not mad that we didn't get it, because 
I liked this. I liked um, how we're in Crystal Lake, but we're not focusing on teens. I mean, there's like three teens that get killed. The rest of them are literally like townies. People in the community that know it's a Jason. lot of cops and lots like of cops. coroners, reporters, like just like random news people. Kind it's, of it's so different because it's not like it's literally like we get like three gratuitous teen kills, teen kills doing teen things, <laughs> fucking in a tent. That's like the the typical Friday the Thirteenth formula. We get like this whole fucking like. This family this, this, drama. Yeah, like it's a whole fucking thing, and I, I, I didn't really think that we needed to go to hell. And honestly, like the ending where he's just getting dragged by hands, and then the last, the last little Freddy Krueger tie-in. Which I was another thing I was gonna bring up yeah. after this, but so we can yeah, go right into, into that, that after I say my piece. Oh about yeah. It. So like, this movie. If you talk to certain fans, they'll be like, yeah, it's the worst one. There's not that much Jason, and there's not hell. Like, and they're right. They're like, you don't see Jason with the hockey mask. But it is still Jason. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you go back to the origins of the franchise, like, the first movie, Jason's not the killer. The fifth movie, Jason's not the killer. In the second movie, Jason doesn't have a hockey mask. In the third movie, he gets a hockey mask halfway through. Mm-hmm. And before that, you never see his upper body. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, like at that point in the franchise part nine, you are accustomed to seeing Jason in a hockey mask. But we've seen before that like, it's not necessary. Yeah. Like, it's like you can... For a Friday the 13th movie to exist, it's not necessary that Jason be in it in a hockey mask the entire time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I forgive that, of course. Like, yeah. I don't care. Ain't mad about it at all. Yeah, I'm not mad that we don't get to see more Jason like in a hockey mask. With the ghost of hell thing, it's almost like, I almost never expected that. Like, yeah. How the fuck would they shoot an entire Friday the 13th movie inside hell or, like, even a scene of it inside hell? You know, like... Yeah. Also... It would be ridiculous. It would be funny to... It's funny to imagine that, but when I I see the title Jason Goes to Hell, I'm more imagining it, like, figuratively. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Go to hell! Yeah. Like the character says. It's like... Jason goes to hell. Like, yeah, at the end he gets dragged to hell. Yeah, because I feel like it would be, like, pretty hammy for, like, if we just pictured Jason with, like, weird demons or whatever, I don't, I think that would be, like, I don't think that would have been the move. I think it would have been a little bit, it would have been a little bit, uh, this is dumb. But it does make sense for the branding and Mm -hmm. the time in which this movie came out, like, I think about the 90s and especially the early 90s and that was the start of this whole like 90s extreme like the comic Spawn is a perfect example where those comics and like 90s comics in general the muscles are so giant the like violence and like extremity is so like gratuitous 
to where people are just like, the lines are so corny. It's like, yeah, I'll blow his fucking brains out, man. And it's like, (laughs) the characters are like, everyone is like a fucking high school stoner. Like, 90s shit is like, imagine the kid in like, your high school with like, the backwards hat on and like, a skateboard. And, like, he's throwing up the, like, hang loose fucking yeah. hand sign. Listening it's to like, Ska. Like, imagine, like, that's what he wants from a movie, and that's, like, this Friday the 13th. Yeah. It's, like, it's, <laughs> it's, like, fucking MTV'd out. It's crazy. It's, like, Mortal Kombat and... That's so All, all these different, like... <laughs> The 90s was just extreme, man. Yeah. The the decade of excess. Love it. Um, So, should we talk about Freddy? Yeah, so, like, the the end of this movie is basically Jason gets... Dragged to hell. But how does Jason die? So, okay. So... Which we should talk. Done. We should talk about the these His characters. Second so, the, death. so, Jessica. Remember, Jessica's a Voorhees. Jessica, or I guess a half of Voorhees. Half Voorhees. Half Voorhees. Or no, she's yeah. Well, half Voorhees, yes. half some other dudes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we Jessica, also before you get into this. At some point, talk about the snake Jason climbing up the pussy. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Of uh, Diana's pussy. Okay. Dead pussy. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try to say just the last kind of scene. In this last se- sequence of events, Jason, Jason, has, Jason had possessed a cop. Um, Steven chopped the cop's, like, head basically half off, and so then a snake, Jason, comes out of his neck. Kind of similar to the snake on the cover of the yes. movie. Yes, yes. He falls, <laughs> he, like, falls away. I think, like, Steven fucking, like, baseball bats him to the basement, where, if you remember, the fucking asshole reporter put Diana's body in the basement. Steven asked Creighton, who's still alive at this point, hey, um, does the body of the Voorhees person that Jason, like, possesses need to be alive? And Creighton goes, no, why? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, also, like, in that earlier scene, Steven was eavesdropping on the fucking reporter. So that's how he knows that Diana's body's in the basement. So as soon as Crane goes, no, why? Jason pops up in his, in his full form. And basically Jessica is the only one that can kill him at this point. So she has this fucking knife, this magical knife thing. She... You know, obviously, like, there's a struggle. She drops a knife so many fucking times. I was, like, screaming at Jessica. at the, She was being a dumbass. Yeah, she's kind of a dumb final girl. We didn't... We're not big Jessica fans. Big Steven fans. Um, But not big Jessica fans. But anyways, 
long story short, she did she does eventually stab him and that opens this kind of portal. There's lights and all of this shit and these giant hands drag him down to hell. And then giant like mummified yeah, zombie hands. They're like really big. So he just gets dragged down. All that's left. And then um, Jessica and Steven just like walk off into the sunset. And then we go back to the hockey mask. That's like the wind's blowing off sand off of it. And it's uncovered or whatever. Then we see Freddy's hand grabbing the hockey mask and dragging it down. And we hear his laugh. And that's the last shot. So you're like, oh shit, Freddy. Freddy is going to fight Jason in hell. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> Oh my god, and it's just like that crossover that people want, and that just sets up. I mean, that kind of I'm I imagine if you saw this in theaters or like that, that would be like a Marvel level like post credit scene. Yes. Like oh fuck. That would have been cool to see. Like I know. Just like... Imagine seeing that shit. You're like I bet if you watched that in theaters, you were like. I didn't know this was possible. I didn't know, like, movies could do this. You could have a fucking crossover with the two biggest yeah. horror movie things like, just, like, that was enter cool. into the one movie. That was probably a huge moment, I feel like. Um, yeah. It's sick. It is sick. Um, ooh, one thing I do want to bring up while we're, like, semi on the topic of the final two, Steven... Um, the original concept for the movie was that they were going to bring Tommy Jarvis back and basically have him end up with Jason Voorhees' like niece, <laughs> but he did it unknowingly. Um, but New Line only had the rights to Jason Voorhees. So, uh, we got Steven, who's a, who is a great character, but imagine Steven Tommy, is a pretty good character, but he Tommy. is a Tommy ripoff. Yeah, like, it's like... There's a scene with him behind bars talking to Crichton, just like how Tommy was behind bars and how he tricked the, like, guard who was mm. watching him into letting him free or whatever. Yeah, and I would say he has a similar personality to part six Tommy Jarvis, yeah, sure. he's, like, very, like, he's, like, fighting people. Yeah. Like. Kind of a wise-ass. Yeah. He's got a love interest. Mm-hmm. They're both young. They're running all over the town together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this movie rocks. Okay, should we, should we wrap it up? I think we're, yeah, probably. I think we've said all we need to um, say. Um, well, I feel like <laughs> this episode might have come out as kind of a mess, it's I'm okay sorry. though. We I'm tried. Sorry. If it came out as kind of a mess, we might go back to the old format after this of just going through the plot because we ended up talking about most of the plot during the deaths and we didn't yeah, go may- through okay. all the deaths. Like- Here, I'm having a revelation right now live on camera for you Ooh. guys. So maybe we should just like when we're going through the plot. You can say, like, boring parts of the plot, but let's just, like, fast forward through yeah. it. It's like, we say, like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, then this happens. Then we talk. Yeah. Instead of... Okay. It's all my fault, guys. My issue with the fucking 
old format was just that I felt like we were spending so long talking about the plot when really what I wanted to do is like just get everyone on the same page with the plot to begin with Mm -hmm. so we could just talk about the movie. Yeah. But now my issue with our current format is that we talk about the entire plot in such a short Short amount of time that we can't, yeah, we can't fully be on the same page with you guys when we want to talk about our ideas about the movie because you don't know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> and we have to do a lot of like backtracking and revisiting things we've already said or skipping over stuff. Needless to say, we will, we will dial I, it in. We're gonna dial it in. We're gonna make it. This is the first season, baby. This is the first. I, I always say like. First season, we're getting through it. It's pretty good still. I think we're good. We're doing a good job. But yeah, I do too. Season two, y'all, you're not fucking ready. We're gonna <laughs> have we're gonna have two mics. We're gonna I'm gonna figure out how to work fucking Adobe Audition, and it's gonna be and we're gonna actually like take our time and like fucking it's gonna be sick. So just hang on with us for season one. Um, also, wait. I want to. I want to make one more point with the tent kill, because I just looked down at my notes. So, we were watching this fucking movie, and we were watching it with Hannah and Jordan, mm-hmm. our roommates. All of us watching it together. None of us have seen it, as far as I know. And our roommate Jordan does not watch horror movies like really at all. And so we just watched this gratuitous sex scene. She's like riding his fucking dick. Obviously, he is inside her. And then Jason stabs the spike through her body. And at that point, she's got obviously a spike sticking through her chest. Mm -hmm. And then you see him lifted up or whatever. But when it was just stabbed through her chest, Jordan goes double penetration (laughs) and I fucking died laughing (laughs) she had a fucking penis inside her and then got stabbed by Jason and Jordan (laughs) says double penetration shout out to Jordan shout out to Jordan iconic iconic (laughs) joke I'm glad you remembered that Oh my god, that's funny. That's why I said that. That's so good. That's also, funny. when the cop got shaved. <laughs> Shouts out to the cop that got shaved. Shouts out to the cop. Um, okay, what Shouts should Shouts out to the fact that I'm sure after this movie, none of the events in this movie are ever referenced I'm ever sure, again. Yeah. And Jason doesn't have a sister anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Holding on hope that um, I know Jason X is gonna be a departure from. Yeah, anything. he's gonna go to fucking space. Bro. Um, but maybe, may then after it's Freddy vs. Jason, right? Yeah, I think that does. <gasps> We're late for Joe Bob. Oh shit! Oh shit! Okay, we gotta wrap this up, y'all. Okay, um, let's do out of how many people does he possess? One, two, three, four. Coroner. Cop. Reporter, then Diane. Oh, then the other cop, too. So five. Five. Okay. Out of five possessions, what do you rate this movie? I give this five possessions and an extra Jason Snake. 
because out of five, out of so five. you give this more than perfect. Yes, I y'all. <laughs> so wait, I'm pretty sure you didn't even give part six a perfect score. I so think this I is did more than perfect. I think I did. I'm pretty so generous you, in my score. So out of like all movies, like this is the most perfect, better than perfect movie, like. <laughs> You could put this as the best movie of all time. (laughs) Y'all. You're insane. I I think it's honestly because, like, (laughs) maybe I think, you know, I am... (laughs) Hasn't made a film since college. I'm a filmmaker. (laughs) I really appreciate... I think, like, I love a lot of things about the background of this movie. The fact that... A 23-year-old dude was just given a chance to make this Bananas movie, throw in a fuck ton of references to other horror movies that we love. Without yeah, being, we love without, all the movies with, you mentioned, too. Without being too heavy-handed. Like, I didn't think that it was, like... I thought it was just the right amount of explanation... I love a fucking, like, there was that Dateline thing within the thing, and then it somehow turned into the reporter is, like, the secondary villain, which I liked. Um, the o- Okay, the only fucking flaw is that I'm not a fan of Jessica. That's the only thing. I, I love this movie, period. That's all I gotta say. The, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna wrap this up quick as quick as I can. <laughs> I... I honestly don't know what score out of five to give this, but maybe I, it's so hard to say because is, is it my favorite? No. Is it better than a lot of them? I would say yes. Like, all right. So is it better than six? To me? No. I, I think yeah, no. six is like a genuinely good movie. I feel like six is like in terms of the way it looks and, the plot, it's like an exciting, classic type of tale. It's like a fucking Frankenstein type movie. Just from that opening scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Six, amazing. It's good, good. Like I've said before. This movie is so bad it's good, in a way. Because in it makes no fucking sense to have Crichton Duke, this character. His name's Crichton Duke. And he says... Little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut. All right, y'all. That's it. Um, You know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts. And also, please follow us on MPGP underscore podcast on Instagram. We love you. We got to go watch Joe Bob. We're like 30 minutes late. Bye. Bye.